Welcome back to episode four of Talking to Humans. This is season one where we're discussing discouraging encouragement, and I'm your host, Nikki Reeves. Welcome to my guests, Vicki Demert and Mark Andrus. How are you guys today? I'm doing great. I am doing awesome. Thanks for thanks for letting us be a part of your podcast. Nikki. Oh, I'm this so is such a privilege. I'm so excited you guys are here. Thank you. Thanks for coming and, and taking the time to be here today. Yeah, we we have we have lots of availability. Just good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'll uh, keep that in mind. Appreciate that. So we've been discussing discouraging encouragement so far this season, and we've had a lot of uh, idioms that Christians hear a lot when we're struggling from people. And another one that came to mind as I was thinking about this podcast is the, what you hear sometimes people say when you're struggling and they'll tell you, well, God works all things together for good. Mm. Have you guys ever heard this? Yeah. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with that. I think I've probably said that to people a few times. I probably have too, now that I think about it. So I was thinking about um, when I've experienced this and uh, several years ago, my, my father passed away, which uh, you know, anybody who's been through grief like that knows how difficult and um, how you just never really get over it. Well, I, I do remember somebody telling me at this time, well, God works all things together for good for those who love him and implying to me anyway, it felt like they were saying, it's a good thing your dad died. Mm. Um, but it didn't feel good. His, his dying didn't feel good. And that phrase I didn't find helpful at that time. Um, so it made me think how, you know, how can we revisit mm. those kinds of things? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah. First, just, I mean, as you, as you bring that up and I realize like I've had people say that same thing to me as well. Um, and, it's, it's a biblically true statement. Like that's a yeah. direct quote from Romans eight twenty eight. you know, Paul writes for, for, we know that, um, that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Like that's, that's not just an idiom. It's like, that's a biblical quote, which is true, uh, that God works all things together for good. And, and so I want to, I want to just affirm that and go that there is a ton of hope in that. There's a ton of hope when you look in scripture, when you see the story of, of um, Joseph being sold into slavery by his brothers. And he like, I think the, some of what Paul's probably referencing is what Joseph says in, in Genesis 50, like where he tells his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Um, so we see that okay. theme all throughout scripture and it's there and it's true. And there is hope in that of like, even in difficult circumstances, we can trust that God is doing something with it. Um, and so that's true. There's hope in that there's a foundation in that. Um, but at the same time, like you brought up, like there are implications of that statement when that's the only thing that's said, um, it was really interesting, you know, even to hear you say, um, what that meant to you in that moment is almost that the other person was saying, it's a good thing that your dad died. Um, and that's just, that's, I don't think that's what Paul has in mind when he writes that in, in Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's actually a really good point. I was asking my 16 year old daughter about this phrase and why she thinks it might not be helpful in, mm -hmm. in these moments. And she said, it just seems like it can be dismissive. Yeah. Dismissive of what we're actually experiencing. Grief is so present when you're grieving or the times I've been grieving, I felt like thinking about what's past or what's coming in the future was really difficult because it's so intense right in the moment. And in, it doesn't seem good in the moment, although good may be in the future. Sure. So it made me think about how, how could I express to somebody the character of God in the moment, not just down the line? Yeah, it sounds like it kind of functioned as a um, silver lining. 
like here you're in the midst of, of great pain and grief. Um, and maybe also, would you say that it felt like an implication is like you shouldn't, if, if you believed that all things work for good, maybe you wouldn't feel sad. Yeah. Or that I'm looking at it incorrectly. Or that you're looking at it incorrectly. Looking at it, taking it as it comes, which is, it's hard. It's difficult. It's doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the way things are supposed to be that I should look at it differently than how I'm actually experiencing it. Yeah. So they were, they were really trying to, to kind of encourage you and, and give this trajectory and this amazing truth about God and um, his character and that he is working things like this is a truth that, that he is working things for good. Um, but in, so maybe one part of it was the timing um, yes. that, that you actually might not have doubted that he was working things for good. Um, but simultaneously you were in pain. Yes. You know, one of the, one of the dangers, particularly as it relates to taking a single verse from scripture is that, um, we often take it out of context. I think on a previous podcast, we, we talked about, um, you know, Philippians four, six, do not be anxious. And, and Vicky brought up, Hey, the five words before that, the Lord is at hand. And if we just go, don't be anxious. <clears throat> we focus on, you know, don't be anxious. We miss out on the why do I not need to be anxious because God is present with me. Um, and so there's a danger in that. We just go, here's Romans 8.28. God works all things for good. And yet before and after Romans 8.28, like the two verses before, the two verses after give such a deeper and richer meaning and hope to like, what what does it mean that God works all things for good? Um, you know, I was looking particularly at, at verse uh, you know, 26 of Romans 8. It says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness and he intercedes for us as we are with when our groanings are too deep for words, when we are anguished and we're lamenting and we're crying out, God is with us in that. The spirit is with us in that and helps us. We're not dismissed because of our weakness, but God welcomes, welcomes us in that and walks with us in it. And he does so graciously and willingly and lovingly. And I think sometimes when we just go straight to God works all things for good, that almost functions as a Therefore, because that's true, you must not be weak. Therefore, because that's true, you must not cry out and groan. Mm -hmm. And when in reality, 26 and 27 say, no, absolutely do that. Be weak, Mm -hmm. be affected, lament, cry out, and God is with you in that. And not only that, that the, but the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Um, that verse 27, like that there's encouragement in that. And I, yeah, I think kind of what Mark is saying, when we keep, um, when we pull one verse out of context and don't understand, I think that that can work against us. Um, even, even though it's unintentional, like, like we can still continue to affirm the, the heart and intention that we're, we're really trying to help. And we know that God's word is relevant to, to grief and pain and suffering. Um, but I, I'm curious, Nikki, what, what did you feel when they said that? Like kind of what was your, the emotion after they said that? It feels like the dissonance between what your what you know and what you're feeling widens when you hear that. And if you take that to heart and I, God understands how we're feeling in the moment and while still being omnipotent and omniscient. And um, so, yeah, it feels like you, you're not looking at this the right way. And when you're in it, you don't really know how else to look at it, but what you're experiencing so it makes me think I was going to ask you about a book you, your book that you published recently. Mm-hmm. And in this book, When Helping Heals, mm-hmm. you discuss the tension between what we know 
and what we're feeling and how to really be with people in that moment and sit in that tension. I know God works all things together for good yeah. and, and I don't doubt that, but when things are difficult, I'm feeling something different. So how, how can we sit with people in that tension? How can we address the tension between what we know is true, what the scripture says, and then how we're experiencing life in the moment? Yeah, I feel like there's a, a both and, not an either or mm-hmm. kind of um, tension there. Um, I, I can know that all things work for good. Um, I can know this truth and I can be affected. Uh, I can grieve. I can be in pain. Um, that leads us to, to lament. Um, but I, I'd also say our emotions are indicative of, of kind of what's going on. It's kind of like thinking about um, uh, the check engine light on the dashboard of a car. Like it's, it's cluing me into something. Um, and so when we think about emotions, maybe as a language that something that I value is in play. So when we grieve, there's something that we love and value that's, that we've lost or aren't getting. And for you, it was, it was your father. Like you loved him yeah, and you love him. And so that, that grief was appropriate. It, it shows that you loved him, that we are made relationally. I think um, the saint Jesus wept uh, at Lazarus's tomb. Jesus wept over Jerusalem um, he wanted to gather Jerusalem um, under the wing like a mother hen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think kind of this this both and I can believe these truths and be affected. And there's a freedom to be affected because uh, we're made in the image of God um, who who is affected and is personal. Yeah. And I think part of what plays into that is um, we have a we put our own definition of good on top mm-hmm. of what. You know, what I think that, that verse and that, that section from Romans 8 is saying. Um, and so, like, my definition of good is uh, I'm not feeling those emotions anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm past it. I'm over it. I'm matured. I'm moving on, moving forward, like whatever, whatever phrase you want to use. And, and the definition of good is getting out of pain, escaping yeah. from those emotions. Um, and so when we go, God works all things together for good, we just kind of naturally go, okay, therefore I must not feel like I have to get over this. And if I don't, that means I'm not mature. And it means I'm not trusting that God is working all things together for good. But, but like the next two verses in the follow Romans eight twenty eight, kind of reframe the definition of goodness. It's not what we think it is. We don't get to look at scripture and say, I'm going to use my modern understanding of this word, good love, whatever it is. And, and subject scripture to it. But rather I go, here's scripture. Here's where it's written in the moment. You know, who's defining it. I, I have to subject myself to that. And Paul gives the definition of good, uh, in Romans eight, you know, 29 and 30, which is ultimately that, that what God is doing, what he's working together for good is that we would be ultimately conformed to the image of Jesus, that we would look more and more like Jesus. That's, that's what the good that God is working in our lives. So as Vicki rightly brings up, like you see the emotional life of Jesus. There's a book by BB Warfield, which is really good called the emotional life of our Lord. Um, and, and you see this, these emotional characteristics of Jesus and how he interacts with people, how he cares for them, how he's present with them in grief and suffering. Um, and so God's definition of good is not for us to not be in pain. Right. It's for, it's for us to, to experience it the, essentially like the way that Jesus did to be affected by it and to, to, to draw close to God and to others in the midst of that pain and in doing so we become conformed to the image of Christ. Um, and so even to kind of redefining then what does good mean? How is God working this for my good? Uh, he's, he's increasing my dependence on him. Uh, he's, he's helping me draw closer to him as I experience his presence with me in the midst of pain and suffering. He's, he's, 
building unity in the body of Christ as someone else is coming alongside me and bearing my burden. Um, as Paul writes in, in Galatians six to bear one another's burdens. And so, you know, obey the law of Christ. Um, and so even just like I said, reframing that definition of good, uh, kind of changes the way that we even think about using that encouragement. Yeah. Like it, it, it totally changes the meaning of God is working all things together for good. Okay. Now that means something entirely different than, than how you had kind of initially received it. Yeah. I w- I'd kind of like to piggyback off of that, Mark, and just, you know, thinking about scripture says God is an ever present help in the time of trouble. And, um, and so it's not that he, he's the, the removal, he's not, it's not about the removal of trouble, but he's an ever present help in the time of trouble. And, um, and so I think when we focus on solely on removing trouble, um, I think that's when, when kind of we start using these uh, phrases or scripture, because we're the functionally wanting to remove the trouble and, and wanting to encourage, which again, we want to affirm that we want to affirm that that is the heart of that is good. Right. Um, so definitions matter, our definition of good, yeah, what it means to good. So both of you work with people in our church who are struggling, grieving, Vicky, you're director of counseling, Mark, you're a care pastor. So you both have a lot of opportunities to sit with people in grief and in struggle. And so how, maybe you can give us a practical example of how, what you would say to someone to maybe to, with this truth in mind that God really is working for our good, but also seeing them just like Jesus did. And like you talk about in your book, Vicki, God is a God who sees, seeing them in their pain and their struggle in that moment. How, what, what might you say, or how would you approach that? You know, just quickly, one, one thing that I do a lot is I just, I invite people to lament mm-hmm. and just to, to be honest and transparent with God. There's something I encounter a lot in, in church, which is this kind of Christian guilt. I'm not allowed to be sad. I'm not allowed to yeah. be angry. I'm not allowed to, to complain or doubt. Um, and, and yet you look through the Psalms, you look through the minor prophets, you look at how Jesus responds, even to Mary and Martha and John 11, when they accuse him. Jesus, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. He doesn't correct them. He doesn't say, how dare you? Like there's this, there's this welcoming, uh, you know, God welcoming that honest communication with him. Like he already knows that's on our hearts. And he's saying, you know, as a good loving father, come tell me about it. And so, um, it's not so much going, Hey, I say this instead, Mm -hmm. but rather going, Hey, what does it look like for you to honestly lament and, and bring this complaint, this pain, the suffering and what you're really feeling about it before God and experiencing you know, that ever present help in time of trouble. And I lament is just a, it's a practice that, that the church at large needs to improve at. It's, it's a biblical thing that is just not a regular part of our rhythm. Yeah. I think people, interestingly enough, um, need permission, feel like they need permission to lament or to, to be sad. And so I think, um, bringing them to the Psalms and, and God does speak and he gives words to our experience. And so I think that's helpful. Great. Well, this has been a great episode. Any other questions for me that I can answer for you guys? Or Yeah, I, I actually have one for you. Um, Mark and I, we really love being guests. It really is such an honor. Um, but I am curious if, you know, just as we think or uh, hope about hosting, I mean, I wonder if that would ever be an opportunity. <laughs> yes, yeah, I see where you're going with that. Well, we, as you've probably heard this discouraging phrase, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. And mm-hmm. As uh, Sean and I say in the business, uh, always a host, never a... Strike that, reverse it. Always a guest, never a host. So, yeah. But thanks for asking. All right. (laughs) Until next time, join us next time on episode five of Talking to Humans, where we cover more discouraging encouragement. This has been your host, Nikki Reeves.